Disney fans, I am terribly out of focus. Holy hell. <laughs> All right, that looks a little bit better. Wow, I was blurry coming in. Um, I am mad. Tonight is the DPI podcast. <laughs> Peter's cracking up on the other screen. Uh, but uh, we are going to be recapping our trip that we took over the weekend um, to Walt Disney World. So if you're interested how the parks look right now, you know, what a business trip looks like for a couple of content creators down there this is going to be the podcast for you um what are you doing with your camera <laughs> uh, so so yeah so stick around with us we are going to be talking about a lot of things that are going on around the parks um right now with the start of flower and garden going on some updates on what we saw as far as illuminations uh ratatouille and other things harmonious i know i know i know i know uh, I, I'm, I'm ruining people's day i guess right now um so stick with us um and we will be talking about that here in a second let me real quick hit our social media accounts so you know where you can find us So you found us here, Facebook, at DPI Podcast. Over on Twitter, you can find us at Disney Insights. That's the two accounts where we're the most active. We also have a YouTube account, which is growing rather considerably. Um, just look for Disney Planning Insights Podcast, and you're going to find us over there. As well as an Instagram account. We have a website. We have a photography website. We've got a lot of things going on, so definitely want to check out some of the things we have in store. Um, but without any further ado, let me bring on Peter and let's talk about our trip to Disney World. Hey, Peter, how you doing? Where are you at? There you are. Hey. You are right there. Hold on. I don't hear you at all. Let's go with this. Go for it. Do you hear me now? I, I hear you now. I hear you now. How are you doing? Oh, that's very exciting. That's very exciting. <laughs> so we just got back. Um, I had a four-day. You had a five-day trip. Um, <laughs> it was uh, a little off the wrong foot before it even started, but things happen, and we had to make some accommodations, and it was not a big deal, so we wanted to make sure that I was back in time for some things for the family, and it worked out uh, to where we could still do both things. So, business trip to Disney, content creators. Shannon's already given us the air quote business trip uh, in in the the comments. Where do you think we finished 
video-wise on this trip. You don't even have my last two days. I know, I know. And it, it, it's cr- the number's crazy already, so. Yeah. Um, well, I know that I have another 35 gigs of 160 videos or something like that to, to still add on to uh, whatever our number is. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that we took somewhere around 220 to 250 gigs worth of stuff. Yeah, um, uh, we're gonna cut. We're gonna come in about four hundred gigs worth of stuff. Oh my god, that's <laughs> twice what I thought it was. <laughs> uh, and it was with with your hundred and sixty ish videos. We're gonna we're gonna finish with about five hundred and ten videos and close to two thousand pictures. Yep. So when you, when you break that down over five days, that is a lot of time behind cameras, behind GoPros, that kind of stuff on this trip. Matt, so Matt and I basically, for those of you watching this, um, it was about, so we got there Thursday morning, took, a, took the earliest possible flight we could out of Indianapolis on Thursday morning. And I think it was by Friday night, Saturday morning, that we were going, holy cow, I'd rather be here with my kids. Yeah. And just just to, like, explain this to you, we left no stone unturned is, is the best way to say it. After Hollywood Studios on Friday, I, I think I said on, like, the Saturday morning podcast that we did at Magic Kingdom that ended up loading in slow motion and then double time for whatever God unknown reason. I, th- I think I said that I'm looking forward to reviewing the obscure boulder in the corner of the park because that was just, we got so much stuff. And it was like, if we weren't waiting for a ride, there was a camera in your hand or a GoPro in my hand, and I was recording while you were picturing. The epitome of our trip can be summed up. Magic Kingdom was open until 10 p.m., <laughs> and the epitome of our trip can be summed up at 9 o'clock. Matt was kind of hunkering in to Tomorrowland and the Hub, saying there are shots that I want to get. And I said, okay, Give me your GoPro because we never got point of view on Voyage of the Little Mermaid. I think I left him at 9.05, and I caught back up with him close to 10.30, 10.45, somewhere in there. It was getting to the point where we thought that we may not be able to get into the Emporium on the way out to do some souvenir shopping on the way out. Right. And I showed back up, and I said... Matt, I got Little Mermaid, Winnie the Pooh, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, and Nighttime Splash Mountain, and hit all of the frontage of the park at nighttime with GoPros. Yeah, it, it, it was it was crazy how far you had kind of moved around the park, and I had moved, in essence, from the the gate at Tomorrowland, the new signage to the front of the castle, to the carousel, to the front of the castle, to the hub. And that's all I moved. And you had gone basically coast to coast in the park 
<laughs> and ridden four rides. <laughs> yeah, I rode I rode four rides, dual GoPro. I had one GoPro ahead. I had the other GoPro moving around for close up pano, slight <laughs> shots, and we it it was. I remember I got off of Splash Mountain and uh, because it was just me, they put me in row one and they put a couple in row four. And um, I got done and I go, I am so sorry. I deactivated my screen. So all it was was red blinking lights. I hope it wasn't too distracting. And they go, no, I have a GoPro. So it's cool. Like I get you were taking footage, but holy cow, are you busy? <laughs> <laughs> because it was like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> well, and that's that's what we were doing on most of the rides with two of us. I would have the steady cam pointed forward or pointed forward at an angle or trying to keep it to the correct side for where where the best scenery was. And you were watching me with the GoPro and going opposite of me, trying to hit whatever scenery I wasn't getting with that steady cam in the front. So, you know, when we when we go back and we put together, you know, some of these new ride videos and, and the points of view by DPI and that kind of stuff, we are going to have some interesting things that you may not see in a normal ride point of view because they're all always so focused on, you know, forward in the ride. But there's a lot of things in the ride that you miss that I think that we've captured that are going to be really cool to see in our ride footage and things that we're going to be able to talk about. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so we hit, we hit all four parks. So we did four parks in four days. And then you went back to Hollywood studios, um, on the fifth day, which was cool because you got another chance to, um, conquer the rise of the resistance boarding group, which, um, tried to fail us on Friday uh, but we, we ended up getting that one o'clock. So, you know, let's, let's kind of let people know how that works. So at 10 AM or at 7 AM, we got online. You got online. Cause I was, I was getting, ready to go. Yeah. I was getting ready. I and did everything right. You got online, you hit the boarding group and we couldn't join. They were gone. Now I, I really think that they've cut that morning boarding group number considerably because of the issues that they have had with the ride here recently. I think they've cut that number to where if they get a bunch of people um, that don't get the ride to ride, it isn't that severe number that it used to be when they were boarding, you know, close to a hundred groups at that, you know, 7am at that early boarding group uh, release. Now they release another set at one o'clock. It used to be two o'clock. Now it's one o'clock. Um, we found a space over by the um, Beauty and the Beast live on stage uh, entrance. And we kind of hunkered down there, had a drink. And we waited until one o'clock. And magically at one o'clock, we got a boarding group. Along with everybody that was around us. Because there was a huge cheer that went that was. There. That was one of my favorite memories is at one o'clock, you and I are both logged in. I get it. I go, I got our boarding group. I got our boarding group. Just back out. I got it. And I like, and then there was like this big group of like eight people across the street from where we were standing. And then, and all of a sudden you hear them go, (laughs) (laughs) so then I screamed back at them naturally. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause that, that's the normal thing to do. 
I be- can't imagine what the better thing to do would be than to clean that. <laughs> so yeah, so we got the we got the one o'clock boarding group. We ended up getting our boarding group called what about three thirty. Well, we had a reservation at two fifty, so no, it was about four. four thirty. Four thirty-ish. Okay. Yeah. So- when we when we looked at the callback, we were like, "Oh, this works perfectly because we have Mama Melrose at two fifty, so we'd be done about four. And we got our callback within fifteen twenty minutes of being done with our um, early dinner, or late lunch, whatever you want. To call yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So you know, we we got we got the callback within plenty of time. You know. Uh, Hollywood Studios was open until seven o'clock on Friday. We actually had a seven o'clock reservation at Ogus Cantina, which worked out really well. Um, that is going to be one of our um, sneaky little tricks: is to definitely try and get an Ogus or any reservation really late in the day, because what we were able to do after Ogus was kind of drag our feet through Galaxy's Edge, going out towards. Um, Muppet 3D and that kind of stuff uh, and get some great night pictures. And, you know, it was really cool around the Millennium Falcon. You know, when night settled, you got all the people with lightsabers coming down to the Millennium Falcon to take pictures. Um, We got some cool footage of the X-Wing that was in the Mandalorian, the speeder that's across the walkway from the X-Wing. Just just some really neat shots of some different things uh, walking out of Galaxy's Edge. And then once we got out of Galaxy's Edge, we kind of started getting swept a little bit out towards the front of the park until we got to that main drag at Hollywood Boulevard and um, actually ran into some really nice cast members that let us set up a little bit closer than we probably should have to some things. Because they were trying to, they were trying to get people out, and we're taking pictures, and they saw that we were taking pictures, and they were like, "Hey, if you need to come back here a little bit farther, just go ahead and just do that." Um, You noticed immediately, like eight other people took advantage of it, though. I, I I did notice that, and you're you're gonna get that, you're gonna get that. But um, we were grateful for that. That you know, we did run into some great cast members. I think that's probably my favorite thing coming from the trip is. Um, our server at Skipper Canteen. So we uh, we go to Skipper Canteen on our Magic Kingdom day. They didn't extend reservations, so Magic Kingdom was supposed to close at 6 o'clock. It got extended to 8 o'clock, and then a couple days before we got there, it got extended to 10 o'clock. So we had a nice long day at Magic Kingdom, but our dinner reservation was at, like, what, 5? 5. 540 or something like that yeah because i booked it so that it would like i booked it originally for us so that we would eat and finish about 30 40 minutes after the park closed and have time to take pictures because it would have also pushed us into dark so I, yeah i feel like 540 and yeah then it ended up being like cool we got done and still got three hours to go yeah yeah um so you go in there and you, and you get a little bit of that um Bad jokes. Yeah, the Jungle Cruise flair. I mean, if you've been on the Jungle Cruise, you get some of that flair coming across the Skipper Canteen. And our server, Robin, at Skipper Canteen was fantastic. She was in character. Um, The guy, our host that walked us in was fantastic. Tyler was awesome. Um, Our skipper on the cruise, Michael, was awesome. I can remember all their names because they were all awesome. But um, so we're joking with Robin about getting a Dole Whip float. 
And the whole time she's like, mm, that sounds wonderful. And, and Peter's like, I'm going to get you one. And I don't think she took us seriously. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to have one. I'd love to have one. And Peter's like, no, we're going to get you one. Can you have one? So he goes over, gets a couple of Dole Whip floats, and we walk in there and we hand one to her. And the excitement on her face was awesome. She comes out, she's jumping up and down. It, it was it was fantastic to be able to give back to a cast member that kind of made one of our pieces of our trip really enjoyable. I even wrote it just in case the manager had an issue. I wrote it on the tip. So I, on the on the tip, when I signed the receipt, I wrote her tip, and then I put plus one Dole Whip or equivalent. So that way, if the manager had an issue with the fact that they're, they're – the server got handed a, a Dole Whip float in the middle of their ship. Hey, I wrote it on the tip, okay? You cannot, you cannot take the tip away from the server. <laughs> no, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. And I, I agree when I said, well, I'm going to bring you one. And she's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, no, no, no. If I bring you one, will you take it from me? You don't understand. I am absolutely willing <laughs> to go spend this 650 for it, it was just it was so cool it was a lot of fun it was and that's um that's one of the big draws of skipper canteen for me is just it, it's if um if you're from up north you've heard of the restaurant ed de which is basically a restaurant where you sit down and the servers will just roast you and have a good time and and joke back and forth and you know just And that's what Skipper Canteen is because it brings the ride to the restaurant. And as Matt said, Tyler, when he sat us, was just cracking the dad jokes left and right. Um, He was just throwing out the one-liners and I go, oh boy, you know, the memorable one for me is he was throwing out the one-liners as he was seating us. And I go, man, we need to get you on the actual ride. He's like, not since the accident. That popcorn cart didn't see it coming. (laughs) You're in a boat. You're in a popcorn cart. So, you know, it's just like even the fact that he had, I said, we need to get you on the actual ride. And he had a comeback ready for, well, no, no, I can't, I can't be on the ride. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was that kind of stuff. I mean. A lot of that. And it's good to see the cast members. You know, I've seen a lot of negative reaction to how some of the cast members are reacting right now um, with the way that the parks are open and that kind of stuff. But it was good to see cast members enjoying themselves, having fun, you know, letting loose and being in that character. You know, when we got onto our, our Jungle Cruise boat, you know, we were right in the middle of a skipper change. So he goes up to the front of the boat and he goes, hold on while I get in character. And he kind of puts his head down and he bounces around he comes around he's got his the microphone and i mean and from then on it was everything was on point the whole the whole cruise was awesome and and we're going to release that as kind of like a a two screen thing because i did a skipper cam on that and then peter did the over the side of the boat and all that kind of stuff so we we've got a cool little two two camera view uh ride point of view to release on that so what else? I mean, yeah, I I think echoing your sentiment, probably Saturday is when it hit me. It was like, man, I, I could really use the kids and the family here to slow it down a little bit. Um, 
but with that being said, we we did accomplish a ton, and I think I think it's going to show over the next year, kind of what we release and and how we how we kind of up our game compared to other podcasts and other vlogs and that kind of stuff with what we were able to obtain. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be releasing the first picture from the trip, which is a night view of Kylo Ren's ship, which is awesome. It turned out fantastic. <laughs> um, it, it's kind Japan. of the first one. What? I want the Japan one. The, the, the dragon one's going to be cool, too. That thing was remarkable that was my favorite that was my favorite picture from the trip um but we have we have a ton of good pictures to release we've got a ton of good footage to release um what what else i mean there was there was so much i actually so when you had the family situation and then we kind of readjusted the plans and i added the fifth day i I was very, like, kind of distraught, but I will tell you, and this is not a knock or anything, I had a lot of fun on Monday. Um, personal record, I got boarding group 10 <laughs> on Monday morning. So that, and um, back to that point, because you were just, you were kind of in the flow, so I didn't want to interrupt or, or anything like that. Um, you're exactly right with Rise of the Resistance. They release so little in the mornings right now that you not getting it makes a whole lot of sense. On Friday, I had done everything right. I was on it. It clicked to seven. I clicked go. Matt and I were pre-selected. I clicked next. Boom, boarding groups were full. We got it at one o'clock, and we waited in a 45-minute line to get into the ride. That was after scanning in the queue line was all the way full all the way to the very very check-in yeah when i went check on, in right. and out under the bridge right when i went on um monday morning to boarding group 10 i went up the fast pass line it was it was basically like go as you were getting there and i went back a little bit later because I, I did that, and then I walked around a little bit more, and I, I did all sorts of stuff, and I, I did get myself to, to baseline um, and had and had a, had a beer flight. and some, There was a blood orange cider there just to make you jealous. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Wow. That makes me feel Baseline weird. had a blood orange cider on tap. Fantastic. Uh, um, <laughs> um, so the I went back by later, and they were still sending people up the fast pass line. So – uh, they're clearly releasing at 7 a.m. smaller amounts to basically feed a very, very short, almost immediately on the ride line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, I got there. I did the same thing we did on Friday. I, I got up and out of the room and I was in line for the Skyliner at 7.15. I was in Hollywood Studios by 8.15. I was the third train on Slinky Dog Dash because my my daughter wanted to ride Slinky Dog Dash before school on Monday. So I had to cell phone ride Slinky Dog Dash with my daughter. And then I ran over to Rock and Roller Coaster and got it as a walk online and GoPro Rock and Roller Coaster so that we see what footage we have that. And then I went and had breakfast. I had a delicious grilled cheese at Woody's Lunchbox. 
nice. for breakfast at 9 a.m. And by then, my boarding group, my boarding group got called at 8.45 before the park was even open. <laughs> so I was like scarfing down this grilled cheese going, crap, I only got 30 minutes to get over to Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> Uh, I went so, to Brown Derby. I went to Brown Derby by myself. I went did, to Tippins and Brown Derby by myself. Wow. So yeah. did you go in Brown Derby or just go in the lounge? No, I grabbed a Brown Derby reservation on the uh, Skyliner ride over in the morning. Nice. Nice. Like 730. I was like, you know what? I want to see what it's at Hollywood Studios going. Here's another kind of pro tip, um, especially right now. But I think this I think this is universally uh, uh, something that our viewers should know. If you plan your trip late, that doesn't mean you can't get into a restaurant. Check at 7 a.m. Because at 7 a.m. on day of, the restaurants will release a whole bunch of availabilities to try and fill their schedule a little bit more. Um, so I was able, on Animal Kingdom Day, I was able to get a tip-ins. On the the next day when I went to Hollywood Studios, I was able to get a brown derby. And you could be sitting there going, well, it's because you were a one. No, they put me in a booth for four at Brown Derby when I sat down. Like yeah. a table's a table at Disney. Yeah, and, and and even if you don't get a reservation, look at those walk-up lists because we actually found a gem on the walk-up list over at Epcot at La Hacienda. Yeah, that was a big takeaway from the trip. Well, Hacienda de San Angel, I mean, they have the quick service, and then they have San Angel Inn inside of the of the pyramid. But uh, La Hacienda was fantastic. Yeah. Maybe we were just super hungry, but maybe we were glorifying it, but it was fantastic. No, I, I thought, Our server contributed to that as well, though. Yeah, I, I mean, and we walk up. We we did a walk up line for that. So we just kind of looked at the app and said, "Hey, what's available?" And we saw that that was available for like forty minutes from when when we were looking at it. So we we got called back in twenty. Yeah, we we booked it. We started looking around the Mexico Pavilion. And you came up and you go, "They just set our tables ready." I was like. Yeah, I booked it right before we got on Three Caballeros. We rode Three Caballeros, got on, and got out of that. And we were about to go into Cava de Tequila. And I said, but what if we get a margarita and they call back our table? And sure enough, like, as I said that, I got the notification saying, your table at La Hacienda is available. Which is great because... Shannon, Shannon might have disowned me if we went into La Cava without her. That's the other, that's the pro tip about La Hacienda. Every margarita from Cava is there. Yeah, it is. Hacienda. it is. So the only thing that you really couldn't do is if you wanted to do like a tequila tasting, you couldn't do it. Um, but No, you can do a tequila tasting at La Hacienda. I didn't I see that it. on the menu. I just saw, I just saw the. I saw it on the drink menu. Was it? Yep. The four tequilas. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, so great, great meal there. So if you are looking for a place a little off the beaten path, it's actually across the walkway from the Mexico Pavilion next to the quick service. It's just got a little entrance that you can see, but it was a relatively big place. Um, probably what, 60, 60 or so tables. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, it was, it was relatively good. big, had window seats. So when harmonious comes, um, into fruition, uh, 
it, it might be a good place to get a, a late reservation and watch Harmonious from. Um, speaking of Harmonious, while we were there, there were only the two taco barges out. But a couple days after we left, they did the permanent installation of the main giant hula hoop barge that is off center of the World Showcase Lagoon. And from all the pictures, kind of looks goofy until you actually look at it and it's not as bad as it really looks. But in the end, all of the barges are going to come together and create a water feature that will minimize the eyesore in the middle of World Showcase Lagoon. So Harmonious, on the way, um, like we talked about in last week's podcast, Disney has released corporate packages for October of this year that do have Harmonious viewing as part of those packages. So something to kind of look forward to is that Disney's planning on Harmonious being open by October if they're selling the corporate packages with the seating already. So um, that's about everything that we've got on that. Let's see. Uh, along, just sort of along with that, I did pick up the vibe from several cast members that we talked to while we were down there that... <clears throat> We are, we're really close. They're doing fireworks testing. Harmonious is close. Fireworks might be coming back to Magic Kingdom. Phantasmic might be coming back to Hollywood Studios. Live action Beauty and the Beast is right around the corner. Festival of the it, Lion King's right around the corner. Yeah, there's. It's getting it's getting close. It really it really really is. I, I think I think you're gonna see a big announcement next month. I just I, I have this feeling that April is just gonna be this big month where you're gonna see the announcement of cruise lines coming back. You're gonna see the announcement of the Disneyland opening plan. You're gonna see the announcement of nighttime shows coming back to the the parks in Orlando um, with Disneyland that the the taste of Disneyland went on sale this morning and of course disney underestimates the um value and the demand for these tickets and the website crashed of course i mean we were all there on park reservation day but it it crashed this morning it came back up about 45 minutes later and a lot of people were able to get tickets and there's still tickets available but um 75 dollar ticketed event it's kind of like a food and wine festival in disney california adventure um and it's going to happen later on this month starting later this month so um good to see that happening and you're going to see a little bit more as newsome today kind of fast tracked the opening of the counties um today because he knows he's getting recalled and he needs to do everything in his power to try and appease the people before they get him with the uh, pitchforks and torches in power. <laughs> so um so last last thing what what is the last takeaway from our trip peter that you have oh my gosh we're already oh my gosh we did so much i'm trying to think if we already talked about Robin. Robin was that was really really funny. She didn't think I would do it. Um, <laughs> really, she really did not. I just, I really, um, you know, I know there are people out there going, "Well, I'm not going to go because I have to wear a mask, and I'm not going to go because I." It was, 
I thought that we had a very, very great trip. That was a mixture of fun. It was a, it was a perfect mixture of business and pleasure. Um, we, we did so much and yet we still found ourselves leaving the park every night going, what didn't we ride that we would have wanted to? Oh, nothing. Okay. We were able to do everything that we wanted to do, but we were still doing so at such a pace that allowed us to take hundreds of videos and photos every day in each park. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was just, it was just a, a really, really interesting, really, really fun time. It's caused, I mean, basically while we were down there, we saw the topiaries in Epcot, the, the flower and garden festival menu got released and I turned around and booked my family for spring break. Yeah. So now I'm going back again in four weeks just because I really want to go do this flower and garden menu. I felt safe and comfortable the entire time I was there. There were, I don't know if there was ever an instance where I was sitting there going, I'm concerned for my health and safety because even, even though some people can't quite comprehend the phrase eating and drinking well stationary, they're still, I'm wearing my mask, we're outside, we're in the Florida sun, UV, all, all of this stuff. They're still 6, 10, 20 feet away from me while their little nose is down and they're drinking their drink as they walk through the midway. I mean, it's a great, it is a great time to go if you can just handle the fact that you got to put a little mask on your face while you walk around or do the right thing and go completely off to the side and put yourself in an isolated area before you take it off. Yeah, it, it is a great time to go. The ride lines are short. You can do everything you want. You can enjoy everything about the parks. I I did, here was a takeaway though, actually in sort of like a negative light, now that I just said all these positive things. Um, <laughs> I did become aware because we were spending so much time observing the park, I did become aware that it is obvious that Disney is still running at 50% across the board. 50% of us, but also 50% of them. The number of shops that are still closed, the number of quick service and snack carts that are still closed, yeah, the number yeah. of rides and attractions that are still unavailable, the rides are all available. So I, I'm sorry, I misspoke there. The rides are all available, but the shows aren't, and a lot of shops aren't, and a lot of little walkthroughs aren't, and the characters are there, but there's significantly less of them. So I did become aware that not only are we at 50% capacity, but Disney is running the parks right now at a 50% capacity. Yeah, and, and I'll clarify something that Peter's saying. Us being at 50% capacity is normally the parks will run around 70% capacity. Um, right now the parks are capping at 35% capacity. So about half of the normal crowd is in a park. 
and they have about half of the things available to them to do. So when you're looking at ride lines and, and the, the chaos that are some of these queues, I mean, how Peter Pan wrapped through Columbia Harbor House like four times. Mm-hmm. We went upstairs, downstairs, around downstairs, back out, back in, and through Columbia Harbor House just to ride Peter Pan. But the, even though the lines are super long, they aren't super time-consuming. Um, yeah, we got through that huge giant line in thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, and and you you've got to you've got to take those lines with a grain of salt. They're trying to hide people more and more, and I think they're realizing that putting everybody out on the midway in these huge lines that span wherever the hell they're going to span isn't the best idea. So they're using some of these closed locations now to hide some of these lines. And you're not going to see those go away until social distancing goes away because they're going to need all of that space as they let more and more people into the park. They're going to need all of that space for those lines to go. Now, what's going to help is when some of the character meet and greets come back, when some of the shows come back, when some of the parades come back, how those will eat up crowds and suck crowds to them. The ride lines now ostensibly go down. So, you know, as the parks open up capacity, you're going to see more and more come back. That's why you're seeing the announcement of Festival of the Lion King coming back to Animal Kingdom because they can only wrap the Kilimanjaro Safari queue line so many times through Africa. Um, it was at 50 yeah, minutes. Kilimanjaro Safari went through Festival of the Lion King. Yeah, and we don't know how many times it went back and forth inside the stadium because it went right. up it into the stadium. The line. It used it came down from the bridge, went into Festival Lion King, came back out past Dawabar up to Yeah, it was whew. Yeah, so you're you're gonna see more and more and more coming back. And 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 that's why I think next month is gonna be a big month when it comes to announcements because they've got to start figuring out how do they get capacity in with the United States Basically announcing, hey, we're going to have enough vaccine for every adult in the U.S. by the end of May. All of these businesses are going to have to react in kind because now you're going to have 300 million or let's just say 150 Americans saying we're all vaccinated now. Why the hell isn't the country opened up? So um, you're going to see you're going to see a lot of that coming real fast. Well, you already um, see some of the mask mandates are falling. Whether yeah, it's the yeah. right or whether it's the right or wrong call, we're not here to. We're not a political show. But no, no, no. I, I, but I'm, I'm very much. Falling. I, 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 always, I will make it known my disdain for Newsom. <laughs> I will always <laughs> side with if a business wants to do something. I have the ability of a, as a consumer to say yes, I want to go to this business, or no, I, I don't want to go to this business. Where I always had the. Oh, the problem so with it was on the side of freedom. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Where I always had the problem of it was the government was telling the business to shut down. The business now has no say, which means the consumer had no say. Which also means the business has to feed their families. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, en- enough of that. My big takeaway from this trip is I really hope to never do it again. <laughs> and it was nothing against you. I actually spent a day in bed when we got back um, because I was physically exhausted. Um, 
I will never take because of that one night I tried to be Big Spoon. It was because the one time I tried to be Big Spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even start that rumor. We had two separate beds. Mike, I I, I know you're going to watch this, and if you make it this far, two beds. Two beds. Yeah. We're like Dan Silent Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I took down so much camera equipment and, and we were trying to pair the bag as the trip went on. We were trying to make the bags as light as, as light as we could. Um, but I just, you just seen the puffy bag. I shoved into the carry out. I'm like, right home. Oh my God. I'm really but I, I got back and I got, I, I flew in and got in just before 2am on Monday morning. Went to sleep, got up, had some family business on Monday to attend to. Came home Monday about 5.30. Cuddled myself up in bed. And I woke up about 10 o'clock the next morning. And I was not worth anything on Tuesday. And I'm just starting to feel more like myself today. So, you know, the trip took two days out of my life. Um, When you came back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if I would have stayed another day, it might have been, it. It been trouble. Um, but yeah, it, no, it, I think I think where we are content wise is really good. Um, we've got a lot of stuff, and and the stuff that we don't have is stuff that we can get when we're down there with our families. It's not like we're going to be focusing on content with our families at the park, so we're going to be able to go down enjoy the parks with our families and still get additional content. You know, we've got stuff like Ratatouille opening up guardians of the galaxy, Tron space 220. I know you're, you're all about when is this, when is this Ratatouille Remy's adventure going to They didn't up? get it for me. They didn't get it for me for our trips. And I booked another one for a month from now. And then we're going back down in June. So we're trying to hit it again as well. So yeah, we're we're really trying to be on the front end of this uh, Ratatouille thing. You know, I we've been trying so bad between this and Space Two Twenty. This has been an over a year journey now for us. It's true. I remember you were trying to get Space Two Twenty back in your December trip. Well, we were trying to get it in March. Yeah, in March of last year. Um, because we were down there when when the pandemic hit um, and, and everything started to close down. We were there when the parks closed down. We were hoping during that trip that Space 220 would open. And they had just lost their head chef prior to that. And then pandemic hit and they broke some glass. And <laughs> there's been all kinds of stuff that's happened to Space 220 since then. But I've really been interested. And, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that we found it interesting that they weren't using this week to open Ratatouille with it being a dead week because they, if they would have opened it on Monday or Tuesday, they basically had that buffer between uh, art festival and flower and garden. And you had two weekdays with no media previews or anything like that going on that you could have, you could have built a couple attendance days at Epcot bringing people in. So I, I really think they missed the ball there. I, I think they missed an opportunity unless the ride is truly not ready, which there's no way it couldn't be. I mean, 
we we saw it from a bunch of different angles on the outside. Really, the only thing that was missing was the stickers on the ground. Yep. And I even made that point. I was like, everything looks ready, except they don't have – I said, they're not even close to opening. They don't have the dang stickers on the ground. <laughs> so, yeah, so – so lots going on in Epcot. Um, some cool videos from kind of, I don't even know what to call that building now, but it's its where they've got the new model of Epcot. We shot some cool videos and got some cool photos in there about what's coming. Uh, they did these really cool animated 360 degree uh, releases for this, whatever this area is. I mean, it, it was really cool whatever it was. <laughs> um, it's the, uh, yeah, you're talking about the showcase building, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they usually have like, it's like the festival, um, like it's an overflow area for the festivals most times. Yeah, I, 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 I could be wrong. I think it's called the showcase building. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's what he's talking about. It's the building in between the three bridges in between Future World, West, and World Showcase, where they always have the quick service stand in there that normally has some beer and cider flights and some food options during the festivals. They have that round room in the middle, and they have created an interactive to show all the changes coming to Epcot. And it is really, really cool. Um, we took basically videos of everything in there as it changed. Matt took a bunch of photos. I took a bunch of videos. Um, we should probably get try to get that content up pretty quickly. Yeah. So. Yeah, because, I mean, that's just stitching that together and, and putting that up probably not too hard because it goes over Journey of Water, uh, Harmonious, Ratatouille, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it, it hits it hits kind of all those things um, in, in under 10 minutes. I mean, if you stay in there for the whole kind of four-part thing that it goes through, um, the room transforms for each different segment, which was really cool. Oh, Play Pavilion was the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um so yeah, lot, lots of lots of cool things coming out of out of this trip. So definitely, you know, keep your eyes glued, especially to the YouTube channel. Um, we will be releasing things at a breakneck pace now, as you know, we've got we've already got a bunch of things recorded for audio. It's just kind of overlaying some of the stuff we shot down at Disney on top of it. Um, one thing I will say is. Your uh, Big Thunder Mountain pan is absolutely magical. What did I do? Oh, the Big Thunder Mountain pan is is. I don't even know what I did. Let's see. Let's see if I can get you out, get get it up here. Hopefully, it doesn't skip and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Come on. I don't know what I did. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up. That's what we're gonna end the that's what we're gonna end the podcast on. So um before we go and before I put up Big Thunder Mountain and, and lose all you guys, uh thank you all for watching. Uh Haley, thanks for the like last week on the stream. Kelly, thank you for liking the page. Kara, thank you for following the page. Um we appreciate you guys joining into the uh group. 
If you do have anything that you want to see us talk about or, you know, go over about Disney, if you have any questions, definitely reach out to us. We are here to answer questions and to make your Disney experience as magical as it can be. Um, so let's go over here, FebTrip, Peter. Oh, that means I'm going to have to log into the live so I can see it. <laughs> over there, get over there. Which screen are we going to capture? Peter. Peter. Oh, <laughs> I just heard myself say what I said. Yep. Thanks for watching, guys.